From Oakland, California, I'm Michelle Zambrano, and this is We Are The Voices Radio. We Are The Voices Radio is pleased to present inspiring poetry readings and edifying conversations recorded this past fall and in spring and summer 2020. The episodes included in this series feature the voices of nationally prominent activists, scholars, poets, and more. We offer these episodes in the hope that they will contribute to our listeners' well-being and self-reflection, and will heighten their awareness and move them to action. We Are the Voices is a Mellon Foundation higher education and scholarship in the humanities-funded project that forges an alliance between arts, literature, and public humanities. We are housed at Mills College in Oakland, California, which sits on the ancestral and unceded land of the Ohlone people. This land acknowledgement serves as just a starting point for accountability and for actions to support indigenous organizations and change movements. episode, we offer the recording of our first quarantine readings, organized in response to the first month of Shelter in Place. Poet N.K. Chavez curated a powerful communal gathering in which she was joined by poets Ma Shen Nguyen and Denna Rod. The three shared their stirring work on language, identity, and history in readings that produce an entwined conversation in poems. So welcome. Um... The, uh, today's reading is hosted by We Are The Voices, um, and I want to thank Michelle Zambrino and Joshua Zaniga for all their work to set this up today, um, and Kirsten Saxton and Sheila Loiter here, our other faculty member in the working group for this grant is um, Awan Mance, and uh, just briefly, We Are The Voices, you can check it out online or check out our, we're like WATV on all of our social channels, um, but it's funded by The Mellon, and it's really a series of public humanities talks, um, often putting like poets and scholars into conversation with each other. Uh, so we're very, very happy to be able to host some virtual poetry readings throughout the next few months. Um, and this is our very first one. So we especially want to thank MK Chavez, uh, Ma Shane Nguyen, and Dena Rod for being with us here today. Um, so we, we actually asked, the um, we went out and asked some folks who have been especially important to the programs affiliated with We Are the Voices to curate some readings. So we asked MK if she would put together um, a reading today and she asked Anarad and uh, Mashin when to read with her, um, her today. And I just want to shout out to MK for the incredible amounts of support and conversation that she has given this program over the last few years. Um, MK was super integral to the beginning of the Mills Oakland Writers Workshop, which Ma taught in last year. Um, you can check out the issue of 580 Split called Ecologies of Care that feature information on those workshops that were really, really amazing that happened last year and are still happening. I think there might be one more free workshop happening online. So if you're interested, um, definitely drop me a line about that and I can put you in touch with the student coordinator. My I'll put my email in the chat. Um, so our order today is going to be um, MK, Ma, and then Denna. And then uh, what I will do is um, introduce each reader between readers. And then at the end, we'll pull out questions from the uh, 
from the chat and have a QA. and a um, So I am, without further ado, going to give a more formal introduction for MK, um, who is the award-winning author of Mother Morphosis, Dear Animal, and Virgin Eyes, and poetry editor at Rivet Journal. Chavez has received fellowships from Hedgebrook, Contamundo, Squaw Valley Writers Workshop, Vona, Real Time and Space, Elevate Residency, and Napa Valley Writers Workshop. She is co-founder and curator of the reading series Lyrics and Dirges, co-director of the Berkeley Poetry Festival, and has been a visiting instructor at Stanford University, San Francisco State, Berkeley City College, San Francisco City College, um, Bamfa, and Hedgebrook. She's the recipient of an Alameda County Arts Leadership Award, the Penn Oakland Josephine Miles Award, and was recognized by the Berkeley Public Library Foundation at their 18th award dinner in 2019. Her most recent publications can be found in Bags of Coffee from Nomadic Coffee and on the Academy of American Poet website's Poem a Day series. Uh, please join me in welcoming MK Chavez. Yay! <laughs> It's really nice to, um, to see hands and fingers go up. So thank you for that, Mark. Um, I um, am really excited um, to be um, part of this program. And I am uh, a Mills devotee and um, also just really love the creative writing program at Mills. Um, feel really connected to it and hope that I can still be connected to it. Um, I had a wonderful time there as a student and love everything that's happening. The connection with the community um, has been um, really inspiring. I, um, so I'm going to start and I, you know, one thing that I wanted to say is that I have, um, I don't know, I feel like we're probably all over the place with our reactions to the pandemic and how it affects our writing and for me, it's kind of, you know, a roller coaster of emotions. I start off the day doing well and then, you know, somebody will, I don't know, uh, recommend that people use disinfectant on their lungs and, you know, and then I'm like, oh my God. Um, and so, it, so yeah, so the impact on my writing is that um, at first it really stopped me and I had been working on a, on a, on a series of poems um, that are focused on uh, uh, horror films. And I'm interested in um, how horror films um, kind of, for me, manifest the experience of other. And um, so for a, a little bit, when all of this started, I just really couldn't really write. I would sit and just kind of um, just not have anything happen. And then um, about a week ago, it was kind of like the floodgates opened. And so I just wanted to give that preface as kind of, um, I guess, uh, a warning of a sort that I am writing about horror films. I don't actually recount, you know, kind of the, the, the violence or, you know, I don't reenact the films themselves. So hopefully no, no spoiler alerts either. Um, but um, just so you know, that that is where my writing is happening right now. and. Um, one of the things that I have found um, that has been really um, uh, a powerful experience for me is that the pandemic has found its way into those poems and it fo found its way in this incredible um, kind of really, I, I'm in awe of how, how it fits. So, and I'll stop talking now. Okay. 
brittle stars. Starfish can break into pieces and grow themselves back. I have grown tired of resilience and Zoom rooms, and I miss every face in the world. FaceTime friend says she has always known about the food deserts, and does every child in the world have a Chromebook? What will happen, she asks. The sadness in her face is my love, my grief, the part of me that breaks. I watch nature documentaries and horror films. It is suddenly important to wear masks after all. The president says he won't. I research starfish. Not all are beloved. Some are considered invasive. Their body walls are honeycombed. They have names like crown of thorns and are sensitive to light and touch. In myth, starfish is Stella Maris, Virgin Mary, star of the sea, and Isis, Egyptian goddess who heals the sick. Starfish aren't always broken. Sometimes they let go of parts of themselves in defense. In horror films, I learn that we survive. Okay. Melancholia. Who knew Claire Danes and I would meet at the understanding that suffering tastes like ash? I too have been a recumbent woman in the moonlight. Insomnia and sublime turning of moods to be light and distance. Planets have revolved around me, bringing me news of bootstraps and talk therapy. I have tried. I am not alone. But I tell you, sometimes you would think depression doesn't happen to Black people. And so it is understandable on some level that cinema would view depression through the image of a pale bride who lives in a castle. But I too am divine. When the world ends, I will be there and seen. It, it definitely is an experience to read poetry into, you know, a laptop. It's, it's a little, I mean, I, I guess I'm really happy that I enjoy strange things because um, it hasn't, <laughs> I guess I'm just embracing it. Um, the first uh, reading that I did uh, online, I, I kind of thought, well, you know, this at least it won't be like, sometimes you go to readings and it's really awkward and well, it's awkward for me anyway. I'll go and I'll stand around and be really awkward. And I thought, well, at least it won't be that. And then I got on, did the reading and it was awkward. <laughs> it was like, oh, wow, that's really powerful poetry mojo to be able to create awkward on the screen. <clears throat> okay. What was in the holy water? 
after the black coat's daughter. The plot is split. This is how we intercut the other. A timeline that comprises the climax. One is prestigious and suspects she may be deliberate and bides her time. Meanwhile, there's a premonitory reading to get a hold of an explanation. Two girls and an overnight task. Looking after in order to inform. During this time, we are entirely alone. She responds hours later in the repeated explanation of her strangeness. Speaking cryptically, claiming death offers no disturbance. The body convulses and contorts in the bed. The next morning is increasingly sickly looking, erratic and cursed. The door is locked and no response from within. The Great Mother. In the dream, my mother is a grand sculpture of herself. She's wearing ornate metal and holding knives in her hands. She is Kali, witch, and anima, pure Lilith. She is my snake, my psyche, space, and time. Terrible mother fills the main room with a mythology of rage. She is a miracle and a work of art, moon and sun, myth, our language, and inexhaustible meaning. She is my Ouroboros. She stabs at me, and I run through hallways, opening doors, some version of her behind each one. She is the gate and numinous, the answer to all of my questions and impulses ancestral territory, and dangerous terrain. In reality, my mother once planned to kill us both. If we are every character in our dreams, I am mother, I am knife, I am door and a gate. Also the armor on her dress, learning to find self, once and future mother. Um, <clears throat> and I am um, gonna close with this piece called Where Apologies Begin. One. The horse who jumped into the swimming pool to save herself during the California fires. Two, a swimming pool is not worthy of gratitude, except that everything is. Three, horse, I name you Pegasus, born of Medusa, who is forever misunderstood. Four, Pegasus, born of failed gods and violence. 
five. Divine horse, we are both orphans. No one taught us how to ask for help. Instead, we learned to jump into pools. Six, to all of the pools I jumped into before I understood the mythology of my past, forgive me. Thank you. Um, I feel like I should, you know, kind of like shut my um, screen off and then put it back on because um, I'm switching hats for a minute. Um, I am going to just talk a little bit about um, the reasons that I invited Dana and Ma to read with me today. And I'm going to start off by talking about Dana's work. Um, and I first encountered Dana's work um, while I was curating um, an event for... Um, Oh my God, <laughs> Tea Party, there we go. Huh. Um, so Tea Party was um, hosting uh, an event and um, it was, the focus of it was kind of responses to violence. And I, um, it was submission based. And so I read a lot of people's work and it was a really wonderful experience. But it was in reading Dennis's work that I was so, um, you know, I guess that for me, um, the ability of art um, to be a catalyst for um, just under, being able to understand um, either big moments or, you know, complex things in our world that are incomprehensible, the things that happen that are incomprehensible. And so when I come across a poet, a writer who is able to make that kind of magic, I really pay attention. So... I've been watching Dana for a while, and not in a creeper kind of way, but in a, in a supportive um, community kind of way. Um, one of the great gifts, I think, of doing curating over a long period of time is that you get to move and grow and travel with writers, even if you're not seeing them every day, even if you're not in direct communication every day, but you can, you can, you can, tra you can do this journey with them. And so... Um, you know, I hope to just be doing this journey with Dana for a long time. I'm excited for Dana's chapbook, and I'm excited to see uh, more of Dana's work going out into the world, and we'll support it as much as I can. And then um, uh, Ma, I, what can I say? I mean, with Ma, I've been able to do this journey for a while now, um, and I've known, I met Ma at a poetry reading, because that's, you know, kind of the thing that happens. Um, so we met at a poetry reading a long time ago. I believe we were both reading together. Um, and then over the years, you know, we've had people in common. Um, Ma would come and when we had, we would invite Ma to read at Lyrics and Dirges or other events that I was curating and then other friends would come and read and Ma would come and support them. And, um, and it became more and more familiar with Ma's work. Um, and I'd like to think, I guess, on some level, if I'm lucky and if I work hard enough, that my work is in conversation with Ma's work. I have such a deep respect for um, the way in which Ma creates art. And it, she has a piece in Queen Moms right now, which, um, you know, I had put aside, I, you know, kind of, I was on Facebook and I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to read this. And then this this morning or last night, oh my God, time is such a weird creature now. I'm kind of like, what was that last night or what, you know, which day? Um, 
anyway, I was reading it and I was just so um, blown away um, by what a beautiful piece of art it was. And, um, you know, and I, so, yes, so that's why I invited mom because I am in awe of her work and, um, and I really um, am inspired by you, Ma, and uh, hope that our work can be together and that we can continue our friendship and our camaraderie around writing. She's uh, definitely somebody I go to um, for, for uh, support around, you know, those pesky questions that you have around a particular poem or you're trying to get an idea out. Um, so I love our conversations. And now I'm going to hand it back to Stephanie, but that was my introduction and, you know, just hearts to both of you. Thank you so much, MK. Um, you know, I was thinking, um, as I was like in a flurry of speech at the beginning of this, um, how there's something so meaningful about this being the first reading in this series when I think about the sort of like deep and long ties um, within the East Bay, East Bay and Bay Area poetry community. Um, MK that you certainly have with both of the readers and then the readers with each other and then also thinking about all of the work that each of you have done in various ways as editors as curators um, and the kinds of contributions that you all make to this community and how incredibly valuable they are along with your artistic and you know your contributions as writers they're just I mean this is how literary community works right um, the amazing labor that people put into it so thank you again MK that was beautiful and thank you for your reading I forgot to say that both MK and Ma have um, poems today and MK's first poem that, um, that she read, um, Brittle Stars, is in the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, and Ma also has a really um, amazing poem in there today. So um, check those out if you haven't already. I think I might have also forgotten to say who I am at the beginning, or you said who I am in case. So thank you. So for anybody who joined, I'm Stephanie Young. Uh, I direct the creative writing program at Mills, which I also forgot to say that MK is an alum of, um, of that creative writing program. And um, this is hosted by We Are The Voices, um, but funded by the Mellon Foundation. So I have the honor next of introducing Ma, um, where I think you'll hear some of those amazing um, contributions and labors. Um, that that ma has certainly contributed and i was ma and i were both so excited to see each other because we were, we met in the 90s in san francisco and ma was one of the first people to publish my my writing so um it's especially an honor to introduce ma today um so ma shane Wynn is a poet curator organizer and educator who lives and teaches in the bay area her poetry chapbooks include runes of a glittering palace spa and score and bone uh, published by Nomadic Press. Her full-length collection, Invisible Gifts, Poems, was published by Manic D Press in 2018. She was a 2019 visiting scholar in the Department of English at the University of California, Berkeley, and a co-recipient of the Critical Refugee Studies Grant. Ma was a poetry editor for Rivet, the journal of writing that risks, and an artist-in-residence at Headland Center for the Arts. She is a recipient of the Ar Arcadi I'm going to mispronounce this. I apologize in advance. <laughs> Drago Moshenko Prize for Innovative Poetry and a nominee for two Pushcart Prizes. She's on the Fellowship Committee of the Writers' Grotto and on the board of Oakland Penn. She often collaborates with visual artists, musicians, and other writers. Wynn is the first poet laureate of El Cerrito, California um, from 2016 to 18, and her poetry collection, Storage Unit for the Spirit House, will be published by Omnidon in fall 2020. Ma, welcome. Aww. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, I, uh, I feel a little teary-eyed 
hearing um, MK, your beautiful introduction. Thank you. And it's wonderful to be here and um, see you, Stephanie, after um, so many years. And I am grateful to Michelle and Denna and um, Stephanie, of course. And um, I'm just happy to be here today with you all. And I'm going to begin with a few new poems. The Chalice. A honey possum darts across the floor of a downtown bar. Among table legs and teachers and tourists. In another city, a developer sets an apartment building on fire. The stand-up downs a shot of honey bourbon. Survivors crawl into the emergency wagon. In another city, the children play air guitar on trains for coins. The cabaret singer has bright teeth and a honeyed voice. Eight survivors wrapped in blankets. Two tourists leave the bar. In another city, a woman sits alone in a kitchen. She considers revolution, sipping honey wine from a glass chalice. And, um, you know, MK brought up um, writing during this period. Um, a strange period that we're in. And I also went through a period of not being able to write. And um, I've started writing again. And uh, this is another fairly new poem. The Dome. That's not what she said. That's what I said. The ants were everywhere. In one conversation, a person speaks. The other pretends to listen. Takes place in an elevator with a velvet pillow. The ants take over City Hall. They circle the exits, fill sinks, crawl into politicians' ear canals. One by one, people stop talking and listening. The ants inch along the cool tiles into the dome hole. And this is called Intimate Vault. Intimate Vault, read the vulnerability clause. Find cheap healers online. Rest in a vault, faint in the trenches. I can't find my veins. I saw a bluebird with teeth. My sister, an intimate contortionist. Thank you. Um, and this is the poem that was in the Chronicle today. And this is called Blue Lines. We walk around the block, two masked bandits, Golden poppies burn our eyes. These days we count the pains, follow blue lines on charts. I ice my arthritic knee. 
tea cooks for us. Uh, yellow lentils, red rice, warm squash. Take turns waking at 3 a.m. From the second floor window, I watch a woman below working in her garden, weeding, watering. Wild rose and zinnias abound. Uh, thank you. And now I'd like to read a few poems from my upcoming book on Amidon, which will come out in uh, October. Storage Unit for the Spirit House. The father at dining room table, shades drawn, wobbly thrown. The daughters with their brown shaky hands. A forest gnat haunts the master closet among the clothes moths, felt wolverines. Daughter number one hiding behind a juniper bush, bright longies, wooden handgun in metal case. Daughter number two sleeps with a long broom next to her bed, mint chocolates under pillow. 5 a.m., the father drops a cold, wet towel on her face. Storage unit filled with boxes of LPs, Joni, Dylan, Carly. Back cover of Jimi Hendrix experience. On two hits of acid, this will blow your brains out. Dusty military jackets, punishment belt, piles of lock boxes, missing keys, jars of Nescafe, VHS tapes of Burmese pop singers. Daughter number three listens to father's records in the den, altered music room. Sits on the piano bench near the door, the father in armchair, Joni singing A Case of You. Forest gnat flutters above in air, smoky from Kent 100s. And uh, this is called MRI Scan. Band marches through the crowd, chimes, gongs, a sound bridge, vibration of metal coils. There were drummers and wailing, promise of salvation, malediction, but no misfortune. There were seekers and preachers. Panic button. Bang, bang, last sensation. Thank you. And um, now I'm going to read a few more newish pieces. Um, and this is called Snake. Pain coiled below the scalp, spine curled in ball on calfskin sofa. Hydrocodone and THC bath salts from town. Snake ascends from curving spine. Grass gathers along forearms. Foam brace 
pulls neck up straight. Snake in a patch near the crown. Curving road ahead veers in dark. Musculoskeletal x-rays flash in brain. Rip of pain zips from hip. Ginger and turmeric roots grow under hair. Rhizome shoots appear on shoulder blades. And uh, Sylvia Fine, um, who turned 100 years old, um, had a show at Bamfa, and this piece is after Kite Eye, or Eye Kite, her painting. You look up at the sky, ask questions. You see a kite, take your time. Must make a decision. You have one minute, time, almost up, adrift on a rowboat, lose at uncle, an ice cap melts, a spouse betrays, buzzer goes off, the sun beams, you crack an egg, you marry an olive tree, brightness arrives, memorize adverbs of frequency, fly a kite, look to the left, taste of lingonberry, swallow it whole. Painted frames, forget the answers, you ask for a horse. Cat vision, lime trees, gold artichokes, vintage teeth, eye kite. Gazelle. Sleeps near a tumbleweed with veins thumping soft like. Witness the neighbors in search of water. What makes sounds at night? Nwack, nwack. Hairs on heels, stiff and pointed. Who takes a gold chariot to market? Sunday or evening, morning or March? Young gazelle with bruised sides, licking water drops from a desert fountain. Thank you, and this is my last poem, and it's called Stranger. Stranger than a trunk of beetles, a box of fur buttons. My daughter is a stranger, and I am a stranger myself. We are strangers on a melting train. Sometimes she leaps through the kitchen window while I bake zucchini bread. Gretchen was a deer. Gretchen was a deer one year. My daughter is a hunter in the black forest. Stranger daughter, I hear you in my eyes. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Ma. That was amazing. Um, it's such a gift to get to hear both um, the, from the new book that's coming out and then new, new work. I really so appreciate people sharing new work right now and knowing like how um, different bodies and brains and psyches are moving through this moment. It's a real gift. Thank you so much. Um,
so I am going to introduce our final reader today, Dana Rod. Um, is currently the assistant creative nonfiction editor for Homology Lit and the author of the chapbook Swallow a Beginning. Dena works to illuminate their diasporic experiences of Iranian American heritage and queer identity, combating negative stereotypes of their intersecting identities in the mainstream media. Their poetry and creative nonfiction essays have appeared in the anthologies My Shadow is My Skin, Voices from the Iranian Di Diaspora, Endangered Species, Enduring Values, Forum Literary Magazine, Beyond Bloodlines, funded in part by the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, and Imagos, a queer anthology. Catch them on Twitter, um, a lightning rod, and at denarod.com. Please welcome Dena. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. MK, thank you so much for your kind words. I feel like so much of being um, starting a path of writing is doing it and wondering if anyone's paying attention and what is the point of it all. And so hearing you saying that just really meant so much to me. And then um, reading alongside Ma as well. Like I remember going to readings and like going to like Hazel reading series and like being someone in the audience, not really ready to put my own work out there. And it's just a, a big full circle moment for me um, to be here in this reading. And thank you all so much for being here as well. I'm going to be reading a lot of new work today. Um, I joined a challenge for National Poetry Month, um, doing a poem a day. And 26 for 30, so I'm feeling really good about myself regarding that. And normally I don't write every day <laughs> at all whatsoever. Um, and so this is going to be mostly stuff written from this month. And I'm really excited to share it with you. Um, this one is called On the Verge. Cleaved in two, we long for another to lay our body against and heal that severed wound. Inching towards your bloody heart, hanging from a stick, waiting for me to jump and bite before it pulls just out of reach. Each time the blood stains my fingers and I miss what my teeth ache for. Springy flesh stuck against itself, tearing apart the next place where I'll find your smile. Draw me a map. I'll take my secrets to bed. What does paradise look like to you? I want there to be a place where I can unzip and shed parts from my body. Peel skin away until I find that kernel of nothing I was looking for. You see, paradise is not a destination traveled, but an organ transplant put in my mind where my gaze lingers along my hemisphere, no stomach dripping into my feet or hands dissolving into flaming sand without a sore bottom lip to show for it, but flowers brimming forth fresh from dirt into my collarbones, tickling my navel for a kiss. An ode to femmes. 
Salt breaks mascara, swiped like spidery lines, over and over until they reach the arc of darkened eyebrows. Tears drip down my face. I dragged myself I, as I called for love, speaking red lipstick nothings to get what I want against shining teeth. A sharp miracle, still denied again. And don't expect diamonds to fall down my shoulders into my palms while the perfect twerk doesn't shake anything that shouldn't. I belong to the kinship of burning your neck on a curling iron, skin with a hot syrup of wax, razor bumps peppering where hips crease thighs and gluing fur to lashes. Looked upon as we adorn and drape what's seen as unneeded, bathed in buttery light, that unset altar never worshipped into an altar of fire and not wiping away a tear. With a peacock feather, we spit pearls of wisdom, yet no one is holding their hands out with needle and thread to sew them into a necklace. And this is, the next poem is one of my experiments in form. I wrote a sonnet, and then um, it's very much a love poem. Depth. How long does it take my violets to crumple under your hands? A rough touch yielding petals bent forward, creased in oil seeping again and again. Three kisses long, it doesn't look a thing like it sounds. Slight dark violets wait for another free ride against a sun-warmed goat leg, clomping forward against the blacktop road. Hard survival, scattered cold in a close unknown, beating over and over again. Sweetness dripping, breaking in dirt without a reason to be wet, growing where you least expect it but with how long it takes for your lips to meet mine in the open air without trying to measure the distance. I don't know if I can recognize my own broken restlessness, my desire to pitch forward and just feel the jump in my skin when we touch together once more again and again. Oh, ravenous muse. Take a dash of spontaneity, a tablespoon of grit, the kind that settles in your joints, making them sound like concrete mixers, and core a mango into your open mouth. Mix well with broken tissues and the memory of every time your knee collided against a desk corner until it begins to emulsify into a cloud into your open mouth. Sing a sweet lullaby, chop green figs into a paste that forgets to care about its own demise. Spread on parchment, waiting to cry while you choke softly into your open mouth. Soak overnight in a bath of onion, guilt, saffron, and oil. 
squeezed from ambition, cover with plastic wrap to marinate as I bury tinsel crisp toes into your mouth, wipe down the cutting board with garlic and lemon to cleanse, scrub with salt and water before removing precious things from oil, cutting pieces into your open mouth. I could cut the soft bread loaf of my belly into slices for you to spread jam. My stomach clenched in your fistfuls, waiting for the entrance into your open mouth. Feed you the spaghetti noodles of my veins tossed in wit, tangy and metallic on your tongue, stretched between your teeth, my dear world, into your open mouth. And yet, dear muse, you still want more of me. Breath and body softening into liquefied butter on crisp toast, shining and dripping down your fingers into your open mouth. Um, that last one was a ghazal, um, or as Americans call it, a guzzle. Um, and this next one is a villanelle that took me way too long to write. <laughs> Room temp. Taking care to leave the butter out so there are no longer cold cubes ripping through delicate veils at the drop of a hat. Softened by the heat from your mouth, ice melts onto the spread of you, taking care to leave the butter out. I crumble like ripe cheese with tender rind, yoked and veined against a cracked crust through delicate veils at the drop of a hat. A hot spell quickening each morsel savored under an envelope. Heaven, I found heaven, taking care to leave the butter out. Heartily tucking in, we're no longer burned by the cold, frostbitten and alone through delicate veils at the drop of a hat. Unearthed treasure found, my merciful darling. Let's laminate our layers together, taking care to leave the butter out through delicate veils at the drop of a hat. Um, this next poem um, I wrote in January after um, the Trump administration's assassination of um, uh, Soleimani, uh, one of the top generals of the Iranian uh, Islamic Republic Guard. And um, I had a lot of writer's block that month, and this is the one poem that came out. Extra, extra. Broken and branded delirious, never knowing when I am American in rapidly changing times of peace, despite what is printed on my passport, I am told, get new bones. Your current ones are made of soft sorrow and diminishing dreams, only good for carrion. I am Iranian, palms pressed against the glass barrier, prayer left unheard by a robbed rosary, detained with sticky remnants. The sky is just beginning to lighten this morning, and another man asked me where I am from, but he doesn't want to hear from Oakland, where treetops are chopped to make way for power lines, roses and tomatoes grow in December's dry grass. America, a bottomless well of desire. How many skins will I shed so I can fit into new lives? 
I am Iranian, crunching against dry leaves, wishing for enough water to fill my mouth, waiting for the mention of what's front page again, our evil accessed again as he paper bag embracing, steel reserve drinking in his fist, a silver bullet to kill the specter of reality. I love Iran. I hate Bush, he tells me. To him, it's 2005 with mimicked headlines all over again. I am rewound, a pigeon with one toe, throwing middle finger in the air by default, other toes lost to a hair tourniquet. Wiping his mouth, he says goodbye to me by way of God will help Iran. And I wonder how I'm American. Passport rebound like when we were kids, whirring the VHS tape back over plastic wheels because America missed something when they went to the bathroom. Rewind, and then we would watch again and again until understanding dawned on us. I wish. I could fast forward or at least skip a chapter past the sour taste lingering on my tongue, waiting for blood on sharp teeth cutting lips while you, America, still chew on the sides of your nails, moistening that dry cuticle with your saliva, drooling over what comes next. So I will leave you with this last poem titled, Please Don't Call It a Guzzle. I'm going to slice the smile from all the lying faces that watch blue seep from their legions when this is all over. Rip their wads of cash into fun-sized pieces, throw it in the air like confetti at the New York Stock Exchange when this is all over. Decorate my face with wrath, call it darling while I sharpen my teeth into points when this is all over. Season their flesh with sriracha and garlic. Layer it on top of the avocado toast they told me I don't deserve when this is all over. Bite into their cellular walls fattened with billions, salivating over fat that's so succulent from years of lies when this is all over. Paint the walls of my rent-controlled apartment with their blood. Wipe my hands clean with stolen PPE when this is all over. And yes, Donald, I'm going to climb your wall smash it like Berlin's, and wave your head, smiling blood, when this is all over. My name is Dena Rod. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Donna. That was like so in, such an incisive, like um, fog clearing <laughs> way to end. Thank you. <laughs> it was remarkable. <laughs> what an amazing reading. Thank you so much to all the readers. Um, this was like an amazing way to spend a Sunday afternoon at four o'clock. Um, are there are there questions for the readers in the chat? Things people would love to hear Dena or Mar and Kay talk about. There's a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> oh, Kirsten's got a good one. Do any of the poets have questions for each other? Um, and or can you talk to us about what you're reading? I would love to hear that. Anybody want to jump on that one? Sure, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I rarely read just one thing. Um, so there's that. Um, I'm reading the Red Book, or rather rereading the Red Book um, by Carl Jung, and um, 
I'm also reading um, Going Where No Black Woman Has Gone Before, which is um, a wonderful book um, talking about black women in subversive representation in, in horror film and sci-fi, um, which I'm really loving. I'm, I've been reading um, the other stories and the anthology that just came out, Voices from the Iranian Diaspora from University of Texas Press. Um, it's been really amazing to read so many other voices um, that I haven't been exposed to before, but also I've been reading um, a lot of poetry as well to, for National Poetry Month, um, particularly uh, like Ross Gay, um, uh, that uh, catalog of gratitude poem has been like really um, the balm to these types of days where we feel isolated by ourselves and trying to find the gratitude in each day. Um, I've been reading Soft Science by Franny Choi, which is fantastic. Um, and then, you know, I've, I have all these poetry books that are right by my bed. And, um, you know, one of the things that, one of the good things, one of the silver linings about working from home is that um, instead of jumping out of bed into the shower, I've um, been reading poetry in the morning and I just have a huge stack of poetry books and I just kind of grab a book off my um, nightstand and open, open to a page and, um, and just have the words from whatever book it is that is on my shelf to um, inspire me to do a little writing before I jump into the Zoom room to teach. So um, I feel like I'm getting a lot of inspiration right now from uh, my books that have been sitting on my nightstand that I haven't really had a chance to um, read so much um, these, these last months. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like we should, um, if everybody who's writing, uh, asking for the titles again in the chat, like if folks have a second to um, type things in, I feel like we just got a really great list of resources um, and new things to read. So thank you for that great question, Kirsten. Um, and also just for the, yeah, the reminder, we get to do things like get up and read poetry in the morning <laughs> and then work incessantly. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. Um, well, I think uh, Michelle just uh, dropped in, or jo Joshua just um, dropped in the chat that our next reading is on Thursday the 30th. So please do share with your networks or follow us, um, WATV, at, on, I know we're there at Instagram, and I think we're on other channels as well. Um, but I just want to say thank you again to everybody who organized this. Thank you to MK for your beautiful curation, um, and thank you to the three of you for your generous readings. Um, yeah. Um, I hope everybody has a great rest of your Sunday night. This is a good way to begin it. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Michelle. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much. Thank you to everyone who came today. Yes. Yeah. Yay. <laughs>
On Twitter and Instagram, we're at WATV underscore Oak. And on Facebook, we're at WATV.Oak. We will be uploading more episodes for Season 1 throughout the summer, so be sure to check back and browse our page on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, this is Michelle Zambrano of We Are The Voices. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, and we'll see you next time.